With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello. Welcome to episode number 13 of Gaming with the Monks. My name is Nicole Tanner. I am managing editor at Pixelkin.org and the currently exhausted mother <laughs> of a three-year-old. <laughs> I am joined by fellow mom, Linda Brenneman. Hello. And Squeak Kids, Simone de Rochefort and Courtney Holmes. Yay. Hello. Who yeah. let you come back? I thought you were in Ohio for eternity. <laughs> I was in Ohio. <laughs> Did it feel like an eternity? <laughs> No, Chicago felt like an eternity. Uh. Um, <laughs> Ohio, we were only there for a few days. So my sister and my brother went to my 20th oh. high school reunion, oh. as opposed to what Courtney said last I'm week. Sorry. Um, <laughs> 75. Uh, yeah. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, I honestly hadn't seen these people in 20 years. Wow. I was, you know, I've been in touch with them on Facebook and whatnot. But the thing is, like, most of them haven't left Ohio. Yeah. And I did. So. That's why I Good don't for see you. Them. <laughs> okay, nothing against Ohio. <laughs> Sorry, nice but it was cool because, um, like, my close circle of friends that I had in high school, they were all there. Nice. So oh, that's awesome. so cool. Yeah, to get to see everybody. Chicago, on the other hand, was exhausting because <laughs> we had so many family and friends, many of whom have never met Anna. So how did like, she take it? She was good. I mean, she was. More rambunctious yeah. as a three-year-old, but she she was pretty good. Everybody loved her. Um, nice. Well, of, of course they do. Yeah. She's adorable. <laughs> some of, um, a couple of Isaac's great aunts that we went to go visit, or Isaac's aunts, Anna's great aunts, mm-hmm. um, have these like nice, neat, like beautiful homes with these expensive uh. knickknacks and whatnot. And she starts like running around the living room, and I'm like, Ugh, I get up and his aunt's <laughs> like, Oh, it's fine. Let her go. I'm like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> So, um, impending disaster, exactly. An impending joke. So, <laughs> I was listening to episode 12 as we were driving around the west suburbs of Uh-oh. Chicago in the car, and Simone made one of her trademark beautiful laughs. <laughs> after which, my daughter went. <laughs> Completely no prompting. She just did it. So, yes, Simone, you are being made fun of by a three-year-old. First of all, I want to caution you that laughing like me is a learned habit, and it is addictive. So oh, you should okay. probably nip that in the butt. <laughs> uh, Training the next generation of laughers. Yeah. Yep. I should, yeah. I should, I should teach classes. Yeah. <laughs> What you am I doing with my life? You need to trademark that laugh. It's it's like a signature move. It needs to be like free, a Pokemon Courtney. or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so so that was a trip, fun but exhausting. And that's the only thing I've got for you guys today, unless you say something. All right, that, I'll come up I'll with be some quick on the cuff sick about burns. All right. So <laughs> 
Let's get into the news. So MineCon, MineCon, which is a huge convention all about Minecraft, happened, when was it? Early last week? You're looking at me as if I know the dates. (laughs) (laughs) But it happened, and there were lots of things that uh, came out of it. Story mode. What's that all about? Story mode for Minecraft? I honestly um, read not that article. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I failed in my mission to you. Tell us about what you did read, Simone. Two of the um, exciting things that happened Minecraft related this week are one that the Builder Bowl is happening. And that is being put on by the Immersive education initiative. So basically they're doing this competition where they are getting kids to build content and applications in Minecraft. And what they're planning right now, they're, they're, right now they're making Disney and Marvel themed things. And the winners of that competition will go to Immersion 2015, which is a big conference in Paris, which I am super jealous about. And I wish I had known about this. Not that I have any talent at building things in Minecraft, but any excuse to go to Paris. So the championship round in Paris, they have to build basically um, a historical educational opportunity in Minecraft. Uh And the winners of that will have their historical content um, be used by teachers in classrooms. It'll be part of this online library where teachers can get educational materials that are, you know, Minecraft-based to use in the classroom. So this is super, super awesome. And what's, I think, coolest about it is that they had limited it to – to people who were enrolled in the IED and there were so, so many uh, submissions and people asking to sign up that they said, okay, any any student can enter. And cool. it that goes from K through 8 or K through 12 all the way to college because they, they said, you know, the elementary students who are working in Minecraft, they're making things that are just as advanced as right. what college students are making. So there's no point in, you know, separating these people by age. Let's yeah. just see what happens. And it just is really cool. So an example of that might be, say, um, maybe building a – Civil War battlefield or something. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like what it would be. Exactly. I can imagine the kids would learn a ton from that. Yeah, right? like because you have to do all that research if you're right. going to make something that is you know historically accurate. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's very exciting. I'm excited to see what comes out of it. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing that happened is that uh, there is a Minecraft mod called Computercraft EDU that a bunch of teachers made, and they're using it to teach programming concepts to kids. They have these turtles in the game, these robot turtles that you can program, so they're using that to teach kids concepts of loops and conditions and debugging in Minecraft in the classroom, which is awesome. Turtles. I wonder if it's some of the same people that made – there's this early learning programming game. I forget the name of it right now, but it has turtles in it too. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Like we bought it for my daughter. She's a little too young to do it. Like I always buy things for her. It's like ages five plus. (laughs) We try to set it out and get her to do it and she's like runs off with the pieces and you know. Well, she is um, not yet five. No, she she is not. But I bought bought this coding. It's a board game. Yeah. Like where you're, you have to put down arrows to tell the turtle which way to go so that he gets to the end. So it's basically like you know, you're choosing the direction directional path to get the the turtle there, which teaches very basic programming yeah. concepts. That's um, very cool. That reminds me of one of the puzzles in Logical Journey of the Zumbinis. Oh my goodness! Yes. 
<laughs> we heard about Zumbinis last week. Well, we didn't really hear about I them. I feel we like heard, we hear about Zumbinis every week. We heard <laughs> Kurt, Courtney going, Zumbinis. <laughs> still not out yet, right? <laughs> no, not not quite, but very soon. Mm-hmm. They said it was still on target for midsummer release, and they the Kickstarter backers are going to get their survey like within a week. I hate it when I can't remember if I backed a Kickstarter or not, and then I always like, I always think, man, I wish I could back that, and it may or may not be too late. Some, I don't actually know. For the Zumbinis one, it ended ages and ages ago. Well, if I already <laughs> backed it, it's not too late. Oh, right. But if okay. I haven't, it is. It's always sort of See? a fun surprise when I get an Conditional. email. Conditional. See? We're My- learning programming concepts, Courtney. <laughs> I, will, I will sometimes get emails that are like, the game you backed on Kickstarter, here it is. And I'm like, oh, I forgot all about this. It was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what it is with turtles and programming, though. Maybe. Maybe it's because no. they eat bugs. What does maybe that? Oh, no, turtles oh, don't eat bugs; they eat do, plants. Okay, I don't know what turtles eat. I'm pretty sure it's I plants. Know. I think they eat worms. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think it depends. You They're, were gonna say something though. Uh, I was gonna make a. I I, I noticed that you're making a debugging joke, and I was gonna point it out. But uh, there's another really <laughs> cool Minecraft mod that I saw Achievement Hunter play in one of their Let's Plays the other day, which is dinosaurs. And basically, you can craft dinosaur eggs, and then eventually they'll hatch. Nice. And so they, I think they had like a plesiosaur and a T Rex, and the T Rex started eating all their horses, which was oh. tragic. <laughs> But it was but really But you know cool. what? If you're going to put a T-Rex in there, <laughs> that's you what you got to expect what, you get. what it's going to do. I yeah. learned that, that from Jurassic Park. Yeah. That reminds me That of... was goats, though. Yeah. T-Rex right there. Oh, right there. ate the goat in Jurassic Park. And Sorry. some people. Some people, too. <laughs> I, I was just reminded by the dinosaurs about one thing in that story mode thing. There is a dragon Oh. In story mode, mm. and there's a story that Kesey wrote on Pixelkin about it. So, Minecraft just got a hundred percent more interesting to me. There was already a dragon, dragon though. It was the Ender Dragon. That no, was I'm like talking the... about story mode. Oh, story mode. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, the dragon too. But like, you know, for, I've got so much little, so little time to yeah. play games now. So, I don't. I just go play around in Minecraft and build something. It's just not my thing. Now but if now there's a about... story, yeah, yeah, yeah I will I'm go in and do that. that. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I feel like the younger you are, the more fun you have in creative mode, with some exceptions, but I think it's easier for younger kids to get immersed in that. Older kids like to have some tasks, something to follow. By older kids, I mean me. So, yeah, stories oh, are great. And me. And you. <laughs> 20 and up. We put the plus and five plus. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you. That's right. Nice. That's very nice. Um, so what else is going on? So there was a big Reddit debacle mm. that happened. Linda, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, that's kind of interesting. Um, a huge protest took place. Um, a bunch of subreddits got shut down because um, someone was fired. Mm-hmm. Um, Victoria Taylor, who Victoria managed Taylor, the right. Ask Me Anything feature on Reddit, which is super, super popular. And people – basically how it works is often celebrities or, say, political figures like yeah. Obama, who did one last year or in 2013. I think it was last year, yeah. Yeah, they'll provide proof that they're doing an Ask Me Anything. So they'll, like, tweet a picture um, with a photo of them saying Ask Me Anything. And then in the Reddit um, – the, on the Reddit board, you can ask them questions and they'll just – Give you an answer. Jeff Goldblum did a really amazing, quintessentially Jeff Goldblum. So much. Speaking of dinosaurs, yeah, it's all coming full circle here. Yeah. <laughs> I want a, I want a T Rex to do an AMA, but I guess it would have trouble reaching the keyboard. 
little tiny arms. <laughs> yes. There are so many problems with there that. There are so many, like, shirts and memes with that thing. Have you seen those? Oh, yeah. The little... It never stops being funny, though. <laughs> I know. It doesn't. It doesn't. How could you make fun of the T-Rex? Because it it's not control... here to defend itself. Oh, God. Exactly. Just like me, the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Victoria Taylor was fired. She was very popular. And um, I guess the subreddits are managed by volunteers. Mm-hmm. And they felt like they were not being respected yeah. and valued enough. And so a lot of the really popular ones, um, including the gaming one and the movie one, um, were set to private, which meant that basically nobody could use them. Mm-hmm. Um and that lasted a few days, and then they all got back to business. But um, there are problems on Reddit, I think, right now involving um, what users can say and what they can't say. And yeah. the new CEO, Ellen Powell, um, seems to be cracking down a little bit or trying to on um, what stuff can be said on Reddit. Mm-hmm. And some of the old timers, the people who have been using Reddit a long time, kind of are resenting that. Yeah, Reddit is really, really big on free speech and being able to post anything, which has resulted in some good communities. Um, there, like, there are lots of people who have found friends and community on Reddit. Um, post, sh- they share articles and have conversations about them. And then there are other subreddits, like the one that was shut down recently, which is called or was called Fat People Hate, which is where people would post pictures of overweight people and make fun of them for it. And Disgusting. Yeah, it, it's just this weird, weird amalgama- amalgamation of decent people and then people who go online to do really horrible things and say really horrible things. And so the issue there is, like, should Reddit be a place where these people get to say whatever they want to say? Or should they be – basically, should Reddit have an image that does not endorse that kind of – hate speech. And there was also an issue, I think, a year ago or so with um, pictures of underage girls that were being floated around, like mm, right. pictures it, that people would take in public without anyone's consent and yeah. post them online. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, a, it's a matter of where those lines are regarding harassment and hate speech. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's where the struggle is going on. But yeah. um, it's really hard to figure out where that line should be, and mm-hmm. there's going to be a big fight over it, it looks like. It's, it's yeah. interesting. If you think about – there's different a couple different ways you could approach Reddit as an entity. Like, obviously, it is its own community. There are people who go to Reddit uh, who spend a lot of time there and get to know each other. But it also sort of builds itself as being the front page of the internet, right? So right, it kind yeah. of – it presents this whole – cross-section of just what's going on in this online community that, that's not exactly a community, but is the service that billions of people use. Yeah. Um, and as a cross-section it's that represents all of these different things, it's going to have a lot of different kinds of opinions. And it's just so vastly more diverse than other communities on the internet for that reason, mm. that its whole idea is sort of like, it's kind of like the table of contents of interesting things online. Yeah. Um, and actually... A lot of news outlets get their stories from Reddit. Like news stories will appear on Reddit first, and then journalists spend, who spend their time calling Reddit for interesting things will take them directly from Reddit and then research them more, and then they get onto the news cycle. So it's sort of if you spend time on Reddit, it's interesting to watch a news story like go through that whole cycle, and it happens over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an interesting dilemma. What do you guys think? Do you think Reddit should have stronger rules about harassment and? And hate speech. I am. I don't know. 
I'm like on the fence. Like the thing is, though, if you're going to be all for free speech, you kind of have to let people say what they want to say because it's kind of a mm-hmm. slippery slope. If you say this person can't say this, and then it becomes this person, then these people can't say that, and you know, it's weird. Even though I think. Obviously, we abhor and hate some of the things that are being said at the same time, you know, unless it's illegal. Well, I think we do draw draw the line at child pornography. Yes. (laughs) Or like I'm really pleased that revenge porn is becoming illegal in more and more places because that's so awful, which is when, you know, you post – pictures or a video of somebody that you used to be in a relationship with in compromising situations mm-hmm. to like discredit them and like it is th- law enforcement has a really hard time of grasping new technology like mm-hmm. if you if you are being harassed online most police officers tend to say like guess you just should delete your facebook and they don't really understand that that's not enough like even if yeah. you did were able to remove yourself from the internet which so many people can't for their livelihoods like mm-hmm. we can't yeah. do it we would all lose our jobs yeah <laughs> um the 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 stuff is still going to be out there there's still going to be millions of people maybe looking at this you know sexy photo that you took of yourself to send to your then boyfriend who then betrayed your trust like that's yeah, yeah. it's so disturbing mm-hmm. um and what happened last week, I believe, was Google made revenge porn websites um, unindexed, so you can no longer access them through Google. Yay. Obviously, they're still out there. Mm. Google doesn't actually control the internet, but um, yeah, that stuff <laughs> More is no longer available. Yeah. yeah, right there in front of your yes. eyes. Yeah, they don't control the internet. Yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Re free speech on Reddit. I I am always – my baseline opinion on issues like this is if a company decides that those – hateful words or if a company des- defines their what they think of as words that they don't want to be said on their website they have every right to say you have to go talk about this somewhere else and i think that there if people really want a community like that where they can spend their time disparaging people online they will find a place to do it um if ellen powell wants to say you know what that's not going that's not what reddit is going to be i think that she has every right to do that um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. The, yeah, the I mean, when I was saying will, free speech before, yeah. it's very general. <laughs> yeah, Private yeah. companies can do whatever the heck exactly. they want with this. And that's what people – like they see Reddit as this bastion of free speech. Reddit isn't a bastion of free speech. Reddit is a company that runs a website that formerly had no – you know, fewer rules. Yeah. So – and now that Reddit is also kind of pushing toward more commercialization, yeah, you know, well, things may have to change at Reddit mm-hmm. a little bit. They haven't yeah. been doing that well financially, if I'm not mm-hmm. cor- if I'm not incorrect. Like they they have trouble monetizing because you know they have millions and millions of users, but there's no real way to make revenue off of them. Yeah, something worth taking from this is that there's no such thing as a table of content for the internet unless the NSA has one. Like, <laughs> Reddit well, cannot, about that. Yeah, Reddit <laughs> can't offer that service as much as they want to. It's never yeah. going to be complete because then you get into the creepy child porn stuff, which yes, yeah, you know that doesn't belong anywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it won't go away. Yes, exactly. Go to fortune. Okay, so let's go back to some positive news here. <laughs> so um, the National Museum of Nat- Natural History, I was, I almost called this the Field Museum because I was Aww. just in Chicago. <laughs> the National Museum of Natural History, Natural History held um, this really cool uh, workshop. It was an intergenerational game-making workshop where they got 
grandparents and kids, people of all ages working together to kind of come up with ideas uh, that could be made into a video game. And it was super cool. Uh, it was actually sponsored by the AARP, <laughs> which I find completely um, amusing. Um, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't to teach game design exactly, but to kind of combat that generational divide yeah. that happens with people. Yeah. What I think was so cool, cool about yeah. this, like they had you know people working in teams, parents, grandparents, kids, etc. And what they had to do, you know, to make this game that would appeal intergenerationally, if that is a word, is, you know, talk about what appeals to them, like what would be problematic for say an a 70-year-old using yeah. a game. Like so you have to kind of talk about what your limitations are and what you would like to see and then make that into something Together, you know, by talking and having a good time. (laughs) I would love to have done something like this with my grandparents. That that would have been so fun. Uh My my remaining grandmothers, I think, would not be very interested. um. (laughs) You got to be open to it. I always, I know, I I I feel like I harp on this every time we talk about activities that you can do with paper, but make a freaking board game. Like it's so much fun. If you've played one board game in your life, you can make a board game with paper and pens and whatnot, you know, stuff you have lying around your house. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. I thought it was interesting that um, it said if you can make a board game, you can make a video game. Yeah. Yeah. And vice versa. Right. And if you – Yeah. Play yes. soccer. You can do either. I believe was the quote yeah. from the the person from the Sesame Workshop. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, you didn't say anything. I, for, I forgot. I'm sorry. Oh, you forgot. <laughs> You're yeah, getting old, even, Courtney. Little kids can even make board games because they yeah. did that on the Creative Galaxy. Aww. And I'm gonna morph here into children's television again. Amazon has actually on their uh, streaming video service has some original. Um, programs that they've had on there. One of them is called The Creative Galaxy, where it's all about making art and your little alien that travels to different planets like Sculptoria and the Builder Planet and, you know, all these kinds of places. Um, But in between each story segment, they get a bunch of little kids together, like live action kids, that they make (laughs) the project that they were doing in the story. I love the phrase live action kids. Live action kids. (laughs) Um, No, one of the things was... Real living human (laughs) children. (laughs) One of the things on there was making a board game and they just illustrated very easily how it was to do that. You just gave me an epic flashback. When when I was like nine or ten, my neighbor down the street wrote children's books, I guess, and he was on like an home garden television like commercial special where he needed a couple of kids to make a little hot air balloon with him and he grabbed me so like I was I was part of this little HGTV TV spot that I never watched I filmed the whole thing I've never seen it so, so if anyone knows if where you, that you've seen is. two kids making a hot air balloon on HGTV in the er, like late 90s the, let me know <laughs> I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere tangent train sorry yeah. guys I just got caught up by the he grabbed me <laughs> no, I know no, I think I was just walking down the street and was like you want to be on TV kid <laughs> the mom radar went yeah, yeah I know exactly yeah. no he asked my dad it was okay sign a media <laughs> consent form or anything or just, did they just put you on TV it was a long time ago <laughs> I'm 75 years old trauma childhood trauma wow and flashback yes that was beautiful I'm sorry. Thanks for taking us into your world. Yes. <laughs> I forgot that that had happened. <laughs> well, I'm glad we could remind you. Um, in other news, 
PewDiePie. Everybody knows who PewDiePie is. I honestly didn't know who he was until I took this job. <laughs> but he has made made seven million dollars last year. Yep, seven million dollars for making let's plays, and he does streams too, right? Or does he just do let's plays? I have no idea. I think he's in everything. Yeah, you know, seven yeah. million dollars. That is a lot. For yes. one guy on a... I guess they specifically said YouTube when they were reporting it, so it might just be the Let's Plays. He, I, I think he's cool. I think he's a cool guy. We don't necessarily always share the same sense of humor, but he seems very like a, a lovely down-to-earth person who happens to be a millionaire So and really good-looking, too. I know. I couldn't believe how... <laughs> Some people just have it all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so that seven million is almost double what he made last year. Yeah, so, he's yeah. on the way up. Who knows what he'll be making he, this year? And that story went up on Pixelkin today with the video of him kind of justifying and explaining yeah. um, why he's not a bad person for making so much money. And um, I thought it was really smart and yeah, um, interesting. Yeah. People love to make snide comments about, oh, you just play games and post them online. Like, why do you make so much money? No. Courtney and I have made Let's Plays before. Like, It's, it's hard really work. hard to get yourself, first of all, in that headspace where you're going to play a game and be entertaining and be funny. It's probably like, why we haven't done one in a while. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he does that, you know, every day a week. And then on top of that, you know, the time to edit it together and make it into something funny. Like, that's not trivial. I think sometimes he does you know, ones where he's just going through and you see everything. But also he does, like, I, I watched the one that he did of Limbo, which is a really challenging platformer. And, you know, he cut out the 90-something times that he died because <laughs> that's not fun to watch. And I think that, you know, there is work that goes into that. There is artistry that goes into that. And also just to be a personality yeah. is not yeah. something if trivial If you think either. it's so easy, go do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> he's Although, an entertainer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a comedian and an entertainer, yeah. and that's what people are paying yep. him for. Yeah. I bet you he could use all that footage of him dying in limbo and make a really funny montage of it. <laughs> Maybe he will. Yeah. Hour-long montage. If you're listening, yes. PewDiePie. Yes. That was yeah. Nicole's idea. Yeah. The other thing is, like, people aren't even pay paying me him. $1 million for that. <laughs> <laughs> Expect the check next week. I have right. a question. Yeah, uh, the PewDiePie he he swears in his videos, right? He does yeah, swear. He yeah. Does. yeah, I we met we've met a lot of kids who really like PewDiePie. So that's just a just so you know, parents he swears. Yeah, he's cool though. He's a nice guy. Yeah, there <laughs> are other Let's Players who are popular, like Captain Sparkles, and I think he mm. doesn't swear as much or at all. Yeah, yeah. Right? he's a little creepier looking though. <laughs> Aw, oh. he looked really cute because he's doing the he's visiting some of the Super League gaming events and like kids are taking pictures with him and he oh, seemed like okay. a really sweet nice man. All right, man. well it's just in the photos <laughs> I've seen online. It's just uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Whatever. How dare you insult mm. Captain Sparkles, I'm so, Nicole? I'm sorry, Captain Sparkles. <laughs> and of course, Simone and I never swear in our lives. Ever, we are kid friendly because I cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> So you don't have to. Yes. Anytime yeah. you hear an audio jump in one of our Let's Plays, it's it's me. They slipped up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in news of a game that you guys are never going to Let's Play, but Courtney was forced to play. Oh, we might Let's Play it. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I need the world to know. Yeah. Um, so Sega, uh, the Sega boss has 
come out and said, we are sorry for making such bad games. Uh, specifically in reference to Sonic Boom, Rise of the Lyric, which Courtney reviewed for us last year. Yes. So just how bad was Sonic? I've conveniently made a list of a few of my problems that I had with Sonic Boom, Rise of Lyric for Wii U. Um, I never had any idea where I was going because there was nobody giving me instructions, and when they did, they were really fast and you couldn't replay them. Uh, almost oh, no. no. Yeah, almost nothing. You, could, you couldn't interact with things, so, like, the environments looked kind of cool, but then you couldn't climb on them or jump on them, and there was, like, a uh. crashed airplane, and I was like, I want to fly it, and they kept talking about the airplane, but then I couldn't ever fly it. They wouldn't let me fly it. <laughs> that wasn't cool. Um, there were almost no characters to talk to, and the ones that I could talk to were just like, come back and talk to me later. And I'm like, thanks for nothing. Or they would be referencing all these other people who weren't around them, like the mayor who kept talking about, like, all of my townspeople, and there was nobody. <laughs> in the town. <laughs> um, it was just super glitchy. Like, uh, there's Sonic's whole thing is that he moves fast, but every time he moved fast in this game, there were so many screen jumps and stuff that I just felt sick. And, like, the controller wouldn't respond to my, my touching so <sighs> that, like, it was impossible to dodge obstacles, except that it didn't matter if I died over and over again because you just were revived immediately with no consequences. <laughs> uh, there were little rings everywhere. There were that you they, they were everywhere. You could collect them, but then your your ring meter maxed out at a hundred, and then when you died, they just all vanished except for twenty. So it was like there was no point in the rings. There was nothing except for when you really needed them because you were dying, and then they were nowhere to be found. I had to replay an entire hour-long mission because <laughs> the game glitched. I, there was one boss battle that every time it started up, I just died automatically, and I had to rewatch this cutscene like 12 times. <laughs> oh, it it no. was just on and on. And the characters kept on just nonstop talking, and that was okay, except that they were always like two minutes behind, so it didn't make any sense. <laughs> and like, I could, there's, there's so much more. There's so, more. Was Sega's apology enough for you? It'll never be enough. (laughs) What what if they release a really awesome Sonic game? Then. Like next year. Only if they like fire everyone who was involved the original. (laughs) I don't know. Oh my god. That was was mean. Did Um, you play Sonic games when you were a kid? I played a couple. I was never very good at them. So I like like Sonic, but I don't even have the nostalgia coming into it. So I can kind of imagine how someone would feel if they were a huge Sonic fan and they played this game. I understand. Like, if this were very hurt. If this this were a Zelda game, I would just feel so betrayed. (laughs) (laughs) And and Sonic has a huge Chris played a lot of Sonic and he loved them. Yeah, the. The original Sonic games were great. And one of the things that I'm really glad that he noticed, noted in his apology was mm-hmm. that, like, Sega is no longer a console. They don't make Sega Genesis right. anymore. What they have is their reputation, and their reputation is not doing so hot right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, the fact that they they weren't taking care of that was really dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's mo- that's most visible with the Sonic stuff, which has been going downhill for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they also have put out games that haven't been terrible. Like Alien Isolation was not a bad game. That's true. I mean, it's yeah. not for the same audience, but it was not a bad game. I just feel like Sonic kind of became the whipping boy. <laughs> it was like, oh, Sonic, everybody loves it. We can just, you know, yeah. do our least bit of effort on this. Very the, that was a team abroad in England who did Alien Isolation, right? Creative Assembly, yes. Yeah. What I learned today was that Sonic or Sega, Sonic, <laughs> Sega owns Atlas, which is one of my favorite game companies. They made the game Catherine, and that was really surprising to me. Um, so they don't often make the, you know, great 
family-friendly titles that we kind of know Sega for. Um, and now I'm scared. I feel like they're letting Atlas do do their own thing. They actually He actually mentioned in the apology that we can learn a lot from how Atlas makes good games that appeal to a Western audience. Um, but I'm still, the fear of God is in me since I found out that Sega owns Atlas. Don't yeah. touch them. Just leave them alone. Let That's them do their thing. That's interesting to say that Atlas games appeal to a Western audience. Because I still feel like they're a little niche like, they, they're very niche, but the people who love them love them. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I guess, I wouldn't I consider that of a broad audience. Yeah, it's interesting. I played Catherine, um, and didn't play all of it because it was kind of disturbing. Um, <laughs> but like, that's the only Alice game I'd ever picked up. Yeah. And obviously, like JRPG fan that sits next to me at the office, not this office, the IGN office. Hi, Megan, <laughs> love you. She played all kinds of Atlas games, like constantly. Yeah. And just for me, it's just like, uh. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're into JRPGs, for sure, Atlas is, you know, you know Atlas, probably. But yeah, yeah, yeah it's interesting. What, yeah. what can we learn? What can we learn you know, from Alice? Yeah, I'm not really going to hold a grudge against Sega. I am – what I am going to do is it's it has altered the way that I see them permanently, and I think that's punishment enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't so call So she's it not holding a grudge, but she just doesn't trust them or yeah. like them. Yeah, I'll put it that way. I'm not <laughs> It's, I'm it's not like angry. the person who told you that Santa just, Claus doesn't exist. It's just – just ruins all of oh, your man. hopes and yeah. I don't know. Like I'm not. I'm not angry. I'm just. I don't trust them anymore. That's. I don't know. <laughs> well, they'll have to earn your trust back, Courtney. I guess That's so. All. I hope they will yeah. for yeah. for everyone's sake. Yeah. The TV show is okay. There was a Sega t- or a Sonic TV show that came out at the same time as the show, and I watched a couple episodes just for comparison. Um, and if you care about the characters and the story, it's way better than the game. So, <laughs> mm. so there Fair we enough. have it. All right. I gotta take a deep breath here before we get into our main topic of the day. Nicole has been raging. Yes, but first read this article, it was like fire coming out of the top of my head. Just like anger (laughs) and inside out. How long have you been on fire? (laughs) Three days. Three Three days? days That's a long time. When did it come out? The article came out on Monday, I think. Yeah. Um, So Jane Brody uh, is a journalist who's been writing for the New York Times for like forever. Um, Wrote this article... I don't know if it if it appeared in the the hardcover paper version or if it was just <laughs> online. Um, it doesn't matter much anyhow. I don't know how many I don't know anybody who gets the New York Times in paper form. <laughs> I just know my friends were forwarding it to me. Oh, oh. that's never good. Yeah. Um, so Jane Brody wrote this really long, very alarmist piece about how screen time and screen addiction is ruining our kids and. Uh, this type of thing isn't surprising to me at all. Like, this happens all the time. So before we go through and debunk everything <laughs> that she said, um, just, you know, if you said your friends were sharing it with you, I think the thing that bothered me the most about this mm-hmm. is I found it through Facebook. It was shared by one of the former members of my mom's club whose kids are, like, aged out. Like, my mom's oh, kids are preschool okay. kids. So her kids are elementary school now, shared right. by her. These people have so many other friends that are parents of kids in uh, elementary school. And you can just see this terrible chain of misinformation just yeah. going everywhere. And that's what makes me really angry about it. Because, yeah. you know, before I had a kid, I'd be like, eh, whatever, stupid people, just 
spewing crap. But now you have to deal with that. Yes, I like, do have to deal yeah. with that. Yeah, like, you, like, you have to deal with that if you're um, um, dealing with screens in a practical way. Yeah. Um, you have to deal with those parents who think that showing a kid a screen is the worst thing you can possibly do as a parent. Right. And um, shaming you all the time. Yeah. And I just think yes. that's it's, – It's one of the many things annoying. you can be shamed for as the parent of a young child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's terrible. Why, it why? is terrible. Why do people have this urge to judge and shame other parents? I have no idea. I like, think it's because there, um, there's so much at stake when you're raising kids. And it yeah. starts when you're pregnant, Simone. Uh, <laughs> the shaming. Oh, you know, you read all those um, – Pregnancy books? Did you read those? I read like two, but I spent a lot of, I, I told you guys this week, I spent a lot of time on babycenter.com. Hey. Holy crap. <laughs> tons and tons of hours. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to do anything wrong. Exactly. Yeah. There's so much at stake. And, and then, like, yeah. you know, pregnancy takes such a long time and it feels like it's such a longer time than it actually is when you're pregnant so it's like they do these things like at three months this is what's happening at six months this is what's happening and like you go back and you look at those things over and over again it's like oh my baby that's what they look like now you know it's <sighs> Simone is shivering like she doesn't ever want to be pregnant I ever was, I was in the store the other day and I think I saw a magazine cover with some uh, some pregnant celebrity on it and the first thought that popped into my mind was oh my god I wouldn't be able to drink wine for nine months if I were pregnant I can never have children <laughs> or coffee <gasps> oh I don't think coffee's so bad okay Actually, lots of things say, you know, as long as you're not an alcoholic guzzling wine, an occasional glass of wine here and there is completely fine. Fair enough. Um, So, so, but anyhow, away from the, well, back to sort of parent shaming. Um, (laughs) So so Jane Brody wrote this article. It's got a lot of stuff in here. I think, you know, the reason it was written now is because there is a documentary called Web Junkie that's going to be shown uh, on PBS uh, next Monday, this coming Monday. That um, just talks about addicted teenagers in China and mm-hmm. one of the places parents can send their addicted teenagers. Yeah. Um, well, you know, an article is going to be good when it starts with a white person telling you some generalization about China. Especially yes, an old white person talking about young people in China. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> exactly. Um, what I. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. The thing about screen addiction, if that, which I don't think is a great term, I, I think, um, I, I do think that people can get addicted to certain habits, like drinking, like mm-hmm. smoking, like being in a game. But those things are never caused necessarily by that substance. It's about the the chemicals that your brain needs to feel happy. The personality yeah. of the person. It's yeah. individual. Yeah, the people person. who become alcoholics are alcoholics because they might be depressed, because they feel like they need that support in their lives and there's something missing there that they that they need. And so they're they feel compelled to be unhealthy. And I think that that's it's the same thing for people who are addicted to games. So it's kind of unfair to say it is the screens that are the danger, it is the games that are the danger when it's probably more far more likely that there are some depressed teenagers out there who are using games to regulate their moods, who are using games yes. to medicate themselves. Like that's not necessarily a problem with screens, it's a problem with society and the way that we treat mental health. Well, I yes. thought it was interesting. I followed the link in Jane Brody's article to the other New York Times article that talked about 
the um, the documentary mm-hmm. that actually deals with these Chinese youth in these um, boot camps. They're trying to cure yeah. them of this supposed Oof. addiction. And this writer um, actually was trying to research that and asked, um, is internet addiction real? Mm-hmm. And he said he got 29 million replies and no definitive answer. And I think yeah. that's really important because the controversy is raging and we don't have definitive answers and good research about whether internet addiction actually even exists. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so these kids are getting sent off to these boot camps and they're kind of military style. Yeah. And they're um, treating them with these therapies. And I don't know, it, it'll be interesting to watch the documentary, but um, I'm really skeptical about that. I think that happens a lot when kids are teenagers and parents feel out of control, like they mm-hmm. don't have control over their kids' behavior and they're afraid. So they mm-hmm. send them off to these um, wilderness camps or boot camps or something, yeah. hoping that somebody can save them. Right. Um, and uh, it's an interesting phenomenon. I, I I think that parents can get hysterical really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's not helpful. Well, I don't have any personal experience with this, but I just feel like there's no – easier way to lose your teen's trust in you than to ship them off to some other people to deal with their problems. Yes. That... Well, when that happens, you know yeah. that your relationship is really <laughs> yeah. bad yeah. already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so to give uh, Jane some credit, like I was reading through this story, I was I wasn't ang- angry immediately. Like I didn't like the headline, but I know sometimes the writers aren't actually the ones who write the headlines. It's yeah. the copy editors or whatnot. So I was reading through like first paragraph, okay. Second paragraph, okay. Third paragraph, getting a little bit worse until I got down to the bottom. Uh, <laughs> and when she says, often preverbal toddlers are handed their parents' cell phones and tablets to entertain themselves when they should be observing the world around them and interacting with their caregivers. Which struck a note with me because um, I at one time did have a preverbal toddler. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? Maybe she was never actually a preverbal toddler because she didn't start toddling until after she could talk. So I guess that – but anyhow, I have a toddler who uh, – we use screens all the time. Sometimes yeah. she uses them by herself. But more often than not, I am using them with her, which means she is interacting with me, her caregiver, at the same <laughs> what? time. What? Wait, screen. wait, wait. You mean that parents and children can share a device and use it yeah. to forge a relationship and connect with each other? Just yeah. like they can share a storybook, maybe, Simone. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. That's, Did you just equate crazy. games and apps to storybooks, Linda? I did. As if I, they both often had pictures I'll and text. I'll do it again. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be so snarky. <laughs> you know, the other point there is something, Linda, you and I have talked about before, with it's kind of like it's easy to judge people who are mm-hmm. taking care of kids, especially those who are like stay-at-home moms or dads. But like it's like how long can you sit there and yeah. play with Daniel Tiger figurines yeah. before you lose your mind. Like, <laughs> I can't do it for very long myself. Yeah, I mean, you know? you know, you have to be able to do something else together. A couple hours, I'm yes. done, man. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so this is another thing that makes me think this article is out of touch. So I don't know what was going on when she had kids, but my feelings that she probably doesn't remember what it was like or her kids were in daycare all the time. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Nothing against kids that are in daycare. 
Absolutely not. I'm just saying that, like, you know, you're not spending eight hours a day with this child when... I think there can be some cognitive dissonance there of other parents are doing it wrong. But I have a good reason. I'm doing it this way because I, you know, I can justify it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't... I think we've talked about this before, but I kind of think maybe it's true that kids under two shouldn't be in front of screens much. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're that's pretty little to yeah. be in front of a yeah. screen. But once they're over two... Um, what we used to do is sit the kids down in front of Barney or Sesame Street while we made dinner. Yeah. I don't feel bad about that. I yeah. think that's probably fine. Yeah. They were mm-hmm. entertained. We made dinner. Everyone was happy. Yep. And as long as you don't do it for long, huge stretches of time, I just yeah. don't think it's harmful. One of the lines she included in her article was that, like, kids learn best from from real people, which is, like, yeah, okay, I could buy that as being true. Um, but the fact that you have a screen doesn't mean that there's not a real person or that it, that they can't learn from screens too. Or yeah. that they're even on the screen 24-7. Yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah. mean, the whole guideline for the under two thing um, is actually related specifically to language development and yeah. the fact that it's easier for kids to learn language from somebody who's right there in the room yeah. with them as opposed to a screen. And that's really all it was about. So like Anna watched some, watched some stuff before she was two, but I'm like... Her language is doing just fine. Like, yeah. I think we're okay there. I don't have much to worry about. She was verbal pre-toddle. Exactly. <laughs> well, I know some of these things make you think that, you know, putting your kid in front of any screen at any time is tantamount to giving them, you know, um, bleach and Letting them drink yeah. it. I don't know. Lighter, you know poison. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's no. not It's it's not that and horrible. I, I understand that. I, I think that we are com- – Humans are compulsively fascinated with screens for sure. I was talking to someone just this weekend who suggested, you know, if you're on summer break, et cetera, let your kids have unlimited screen time for a week. See if they actually want to keep playing those games 24-7 after that right. week is done. They won't want to. They Kids have a lot of energy. They want to run around outside. They want to play together. Yeah. If, you know, once they get that out of their system, it's not going to be a problem necessarily unless there's some other – maybe some other issue going on there. And one of the comments on the article made a really good point, which was that her kids go to camp and they play sports and they have tons of stuff to do. They have chores to do at home. And she feels really fine about letting them, you know, use a screen for an hour a day after yeah. they've been out running around all day. Yeah. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, and Jane Brody mentioned in this article that she has a 10-year-old, was it a nephew? Grandson. Grandson. Grandson sorry. Who gets up half an hour early every day to play video games before school. Which is something that awesome. Kate, our previous guest, yeah. said that her kids exactly. do. That reminded me of that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, like, people see it as a bad thing. But it's, you know, it's a kid doing time management, managing their own time, getting up early, which Lord knows I would never do, to do something <laughs> fun before they go into their daily routine. And I think that's really cool and actually really smart of them. Yeah, um... Yeah. In the same paragraph as that, it's, it's kind of funny how she phrases it. My grandsons, and then she refers to their grandfather, which I can only assume is her husband, <laughs> but she kind of phrases it funny. He, I guess he picks, picks them up uh, before or after school, and he says they're on their handheld devices the whole ride to and from, and the grandfather says, there's no conversation anymore. I'm like, well, you know what, Grandpa? Maybe they don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that that is sort of a common symptom of being a tween teen, you know, and and 
like also she goes straight from that to like kids aren't talking or communicating into teenagers can't stop texting it's an epidemic and i'm like texting is talking yeah. that's what that is and it's yeah. not new teenagers have always been incredibly social yes you know like i i think all the time yeah. about how like when i was a teenager i didn't have a like i if there was a time that I could be with my friends that I wanted to be with them, like I didn't really get burned out ever. And now I'll hang out with someone for a couple of hours. And I'm like, well, enough of that. I'm going to go be alone. It's going to be great. <laughs> but when I was a teenager, I just wanted to be with other people constantly because yeah. you know, that was that was how I. You know, when was I was fun. when I was living in France, I would do like five hour long phone calls with my friends back in the states. I don't know what I would talk about on the phone for five hours now. <laughs> but, you know, on top of those phone calls, we'd also be doing instant messaging. We also had huge emails that we would send back and forth. We also had a blog where we would post about our days. Like, teenagers, all, all of this is screen time, minus the phone, but it's also all communication. It's all reading. It's all writing. And those are two really important facets of screen time that I think are neglected when we talk about teens being obsessed with their phones and obsessed with their with the internet like more often than not they are communicating and they could also be uh, she mentions at the end of her article something about how teens um or yeah older kids and teenagers need to be reading and they need to be doing imaginative play a lot of what teenagers do online could be reading stories or even writing stories they could be creating their own works and that is screen time but you know it is creative Yeah. yeah that you know reminds me that Often, in most cases, reading, even if you're reading a book, is on a screen these days. Yeah. So (laughs) there's your screen time again. What are we always going to say that um, anything on paper is better than anything on screens? Yeah. I I find the whole argument very odd. Yeah. I think we're going to have a very different attitude towards that when there are no trees left. Oof. Yeah. Uh, I say as I have printouts of everything. Yes, because <laughs> you're weak and old. Yeah. Recycle. Um, we're recyclers. Oh. I'm sorry. Singer. Hmm. What you were saying about uh, kids in the car, I actually counterpoint to that. Um, the kids that she was talking about in the article aren't preteens. They're 8 and 10 years old. So I think there is something to be said there, maybe about an effort on both sides, like the grandfather and the kids, to make conversation. May- and one of the things I think we brought up in the office was why not talk to them about their games. Um, I don't think that it, it is, you know, outlandish to say no being on the phone when you're in the car with grandpa. I know I personally, if I, no matter how hard I try when I'm having a conversation with someone, if I'm also trying to send a text message or an email at the same time, I will invariably neglect the person that I am talking to just because yeah. I, I realize, you know, that I can't talk and write at the same time. It's the same if I'm writing fiction and trying to talk to someone. But so, so yeah, I think it's not not totally off the wall to say, yeah, put your phones down in the car and talk to grandpa. But grandpa also has to, you know, make an effort to talk about something that the kids are interested in. Yeah. Can't also, just be, tell me about your day. That's reasonable. <laughs> I think that, like, if you go on a date with someone, for instance, and they're on yeah. their phone all night, that's not cool. Um, but I mean, I, dating, I, though, is very different from sitting yeah. with your grandparents. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I just mean, like, the, the idea of, like, creating a dedicated time to engage with somebody else. However, yeah. it's also worth paying attention mm-hmm. to the fact that they're not talking about the ride, you know, on the weekend to go to baseball practice. They're talking about specifically the ride home from school. Yeah. Which, yeah. like, I don't know about you guys, but I was always pretty dead and that, like, I needed a couple hours. Yeah. But, That's fair. Yeah. Right. So you know, just figure right. out why they're playing their game, talk to them about their game, engage with them about that, and then find a compromise that doesn't sacrifice your relationship. Yeah, you can make rules yeah. about 
Yeah. Um, no being on your phone in the car with grandpa or no being on your phone during meals. Yeah, I think that's or fair. Or you can make all kinds of rules like that. But just being hysterical about screen time addiction yeah. in general is yeah. not helping. Yeah. Yes. So there are lots of stuff. I'm not going to spend all all go through all of her article because there are so many things we can debug in there. But most of the <laughs> studies that she cites are um, at least eight years old. She fails to acknowledge any of the newer studies that have been done. And there's one part where she talks about violent games and violent behavior. There's a whole paragraph about how this and this and this can have this, this, this effect said by this guy, Dimitri. I forget what his name is. But anyhow, I looked him up um, because he's in the Seattle Children's Research Institute or whatever. I looked him up and he's conducting research now about those things. But he just says he believes that that's what will happen. That is not conclusive evidence. That is yeah. somebody saying, I think something. Simone, I think your scarf is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. But I'm, it's the same It's the <laughs> Show same me type your of facts. Thing. Show exactly. me your empirical evidence. That is the point I am making. <laughs> A lot of the, the studies that have been done in violence and gaming focus more on short-term aggression, which you can get from traffic or stubbing your toe or watching a sports game or yeah. watching a TV show or reading a book that's getting really, like, climactic and really like, excited <laughs> or really frustrated about something that happened. And, yeah, of course, for the next, like, you know, five minutes to an hour, depending on how good that book was, you're going to have <laughs> a lot of feelings. But that's not something that's, you know, unique to gaming, and it's yeah. not necessarily yeah. bad. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. And, like, the whole – the idea behind, I think, short-term regression isn't necessarily wholly that you are doing a violent thing in a game. It's also that games are hard and games can be frustrating yeah. and games can be competitive and you get the same kind of feeling of aggression from playing soccer against another team. Just competing with other people. Yes. Yeah. Or my example from earlier, waiting for websites to load. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing makes me more angry and more ready to just slam my fist down on the desk. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you're interested in some counter arguments to this stuff, I actually, when I posted the link on Twitter and said I was boiling with rage, uh, another person in the industry was like, well, do you have anything solid that yeah. will be the, the opposite thing? And I sent her to the APA's. Benefits of Playing Video Games nice. report, um, which is actually awesome on our site. Kelly Dunlap, who is one of the psychologists that we love, uh, did like a broke, – broke down all the language in that so that a layperson can understand it. And you can find that on pixkin.org. That's a good counter argument mm -hmm. to that kind yeah. of stuff. The American Psycholo Psychological Association is generally a pretty well-regarded source. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and think. even one of the studies that Jane Brody cited from the American Academy of Pediatrics talked a lot about the positive effects of um, screen time, which she didn't yeah. mention. <laughs> yeah. So even the pediatricians like some screen time. All right, yeah. all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. So anyhow, I think you can... Draw your, own yes, draw your own conclusions. Um, About how she's wrong. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, these things just, um, you know, like I said, this one made me more angry yeah. than now as a parent as it would have when I was yeah. not a parent and not hanging out with other parents. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's go into what we're playing. Woo. 
Who wants to start? Okay, I'll start. I just downloaded a game today that came or that's made by Spry Fox, and it's called Alpha Bear, like alphabet, but with bear on the end, like the animal, the bear. And <laughs> basically, it's a, a word making game. So you have tiles with letters on them, and you combine them to make words. And when you make words, your bears get bigger. And if you get the you know a certain number of points, you get a new bear, and the bears give you um spe- they have special abilities so like one of them the the skinny bear if you have words that uh have an s in them you get a bonus for the letter s the easy bear gets bonuses for e a s y so it's so cute it's so freaking cute you guys it is adorable <laughs> uh check it out just for the cuteness it is um free initially and then of course there are things that you can buy um to make your gameplay smoother uh so far i haven't needed to i have been playing only for an hour but <laughs> non-stop is it challenging it is it is pretty challenging there was cool. a, a timed one that i did that was kind of hard um like it i haven't failed yet uh if you don't combine one of the letters soon enough like after it seems like five turns or so um it'll turn into a rock and then you can't use it anymore and it just sits there and takes up space so they they start out green and then they gradually get more and more towards the red end of the spectrum and then they turn into rocks and then they're gone i am always looking for good word games uh, you should check it out it's adorable. yeah that sounds yeah. great it sounds cool courtney what um, about you so Fourth of July kind of threw me off. I didn't haven't been playing many new video games, but I did play an awesome new board game called Snake Oil that I really cool. like, where basically um, you get a bunch of word cards that are things like puppy and uh, a cat, but not all animals, um, cup, uh, pants, paddle, just like mm-hmm, random mm-hmm. Na- short nouns. Mm-hmm. And then one person in your group has to draw like a roll card, and it can be anything from like president to plumber to tailgater to uh, and then uh, everyone in your group has to pick combine two noun cards and try to sell that product to the person it is so like um one of the one one round we had was somebody was a was a nanny and i sold the nanny a trash pinata for, <laughs> <laughs> for getting revenge on the kids nice <laughs> break open the pinata it's full of trash <laughs> Um, but it, it's really fun and creative because a big part of it is like creating these sales pitches and try to – you have to get really yeah, creative with some of them. That sounds so fun. It's yeah. actually – it's super awesome and so far seems pretty kid-friendly. Nice. Um, and Very cool. Yeah, that was awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. Totally so, Linda, fun. I hear you downloaded Batman. I did. The new Batman game, um, Arkham Knight on the Xbox One. And it's, you know, as usual these days, beautiful graphics and mm. – good music and stuff like that. Um, I did not get very far because <laughs> there is a an awesome Batmobile, but it the game sort of turns into a driving game almost. <laughs> like chasing people around on these streets and the Batmobile is sliding around corners Ooh. and I kept running into walls a lot and stuff like that. But um, I thought it was interesting because I wanted to see the difference between the T-rated Batman games, and now this this new one is um, M-rated. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think from what I've been able to tell, it's about blood and torture. Mm, so okay. this new game has more of that kind of content in it. And um, so it's a little bit darker. Um, but I think for older teens, it's probably – it looks like it's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Cool. 
So I actually had a chance to play lots of little things in very short snippets. So speaking of crashing into walls with cars, <laughs> I checked out that Does Not Commute game by the Mediocre <laughs> Studio. Oh. It's actually a lot of fun. So what it is is like you're told like this person needs to leave their house here and get to work here at this other place. And then you drive them there in their little car. You try to do it as quickly as possible because it's time. And then once you get them there, you get the next one. Okay, this person needs to go here from here. But the thing is, is when you start the second one, the first one is playing. Oh. So you build and build and build and you've got like six other people commuting on the street based on where you have sent them. But by the time you get up to like your sixth or seventh, you got to be really creative about how you get get to the oh, end point. Oh, that sounds so great. It's, I'm going to download It is that awesome. It was really, really fun. I was like, the studio is called Mediocre. I have to try out their <laughs> game. But their game is not mediocre. It was actually really, really fun. Um, and, you know, kind of hard to control a little bit because it's different cars. They go different speeds. They have nice. different turn <laughs> radius. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So there was that. That was cool. It sounds a little bit like using Google Maps to commute in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to find a route that's not completely. <laughs> yeah. So that one was up. fun. And then um, I played a couple educational games that uh, mm-hmm. I'll be writing stuff on Pixkin about. One of them is called Sleep Furiously. It is a word tile game. You get all these tiles with different oh, words cool. on them. You can make a sentence, any sentence you want. It just has to be grammatically correct. Oh. So you can make these really crazy, oh. you know, really weird sounding sentences, but they're grammatically correct. So the goal is to make the longest sentence you can out of these tiles. Um, that is cool. That remains grammatically correct. But, you know, it's like Mad Libs. You can find come up with some really funny <laughs> things. So that one was cool. And then I also played a game called Divide by Sheep. Uh, which is a cute little kind of math game. Well, it's cute in the beginning. (laughs) So you're trying to get your sheep that are stranded on these island things to a raft. Like there's a a police sheep or something that's there to pick them up. And so (laughs) the islands have like different numbers of like uh, segments. So there's one sheep can sit on each segment. Um, And so in some cases you have to jump this big group of sheep to a smaller island and then the ones that don't fit will fly off into the water, Um, which, you know, it's kind of bad in thought, but it's not really, you know, that objectionable. But later on there are wolves and you've purposefully have to feed some sheep to the wolves. Oh, no. And they're still just cute. It's like they go and the wolves' bellies get big and they're all like, nom, nom, nom. But, but there's a point where you have to send your sheep through like this electric barrier thing and it slices them <gasps> in half. Oh, and no. then there is blood <laughs> and half sheep parts. But oh, you can no. send those half sheep parts to the raft and they will be put together in like this little ball and sent off to sheep hospital. Okay, wow. this is not an Anna's app, I hope. <laughs> no, although she was not... she was playing it a little like it's it's like as soon as I saw I'm like this is too complicated for her. It's above her level. Yeah. This is like really, you know, um but she was playing like the first few levels with it. Uh, my husband was sitting with her and helping her, but she was kind of getting it until it got like, really complicated. Yeah. And then, like, yesterday, she's like, I'm going to play the sheep game. I'm like, okay. And she, like, starts it off from where I was. <gasps> oh, no. Oh. Where I had stopped because it was just too hard. And she's like, Mommy, why does it work? I'm like, pick another app. Just pick another <laughs> app. You can't do this one. 
Um, so yeah, and then I did get to play a couple hours of Dragon Age Inquisition earlier this week. And as I noted in my tweet, I did forget some of the controls. <laughs> like that in a battle, happens. I'm like in a yeah. battle, low health. I'm like, where's my health potion? I forget how to drink a health potion. Like, which, <laughs> where is this? It's like inventory. No, it's not inventory. It's like, where is this menu? I remember what it looks like, but I don't know how to do it. So you wouldn't think yeah. it'd be that hard, but it's always that mm-hmm. hard. No, that happened yeah. to me last night. I picked up Hyrule Warriors for the first time in months, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you're just pressing buttons. Yeah, luckily that to, that yeah. one's a bit of a button masher, so yeah. it doesn't matter quite as much. But I kept on like using my big attack when there was nobody around by mistake. Oh, I'm no. Like, oh, and I yeah. wasted it. <laughs> One of the things that was good about that Dragon Age, you know. Uh, debacle trying to find <laughs> controls is that when I finally did find the health potion mm-hmm. thing, I saw at the bottom of the horse and I'm like, oh, that's how you call your <gasps> horse because that is something I had forgotten how to do the last time I played. <laughs> I know Keezy had a lot of trouble with that. I think it might have ended up being a glitch on the part of on, on her part, she was playing the first week it was released. She could not figure out how to get her horse back. <laughs> She's wandering in for hours, just walking, no horse. Yeah, getting the horse wasn't the last time I had played it, not this past time, time before. It wasn't worth me sitting there and trying to find the controls for <laughs> 20 minutes. I'm like, whatever, I'll just walk. It's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, believe it or not, I did get to play some Hearthstone. <gasps> While I was gone, not a lot. Like, there were days that yeah. I didn't play, Whoa. which should be a huge shocker. And maybe that's why I was it so is. tired. It's like I'm in withdrawal or something. Um, but uh, <laughs> We need to talk about your little problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, you to a Chinese boot camp. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. That's great. Um, oh, call back. Yeah. Uh, but I played the, the latest Tavern Brawl. Um, just in time <laughs> before it expired. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've got, like, my, my full-on quests. I've got to catch up a little bit. Um, but they announced there's a new mode coming soon. What? A new mode that is permanent or? Well, they sent a bunch of scrolls to a lot of gaming outlets <gasps> that says, hello, hero, and some all this kind of, you know, vague, yeah. jargony type stuff that says, look out for July 22nd because okay. something is coming. So Nicole, why don't we get scrolls? Why does no one know. send us any scrolls? Blizzard, I've never send us a, a scroll. No, yeah. I'm, I'm asking you, Blizzard. Blizzard, if you're yeah. listening, please send yeah. us scrolls. <laughs> I actually don't think I've ever tried to contact them. Maybe well, I should maybe do that. Maybe they just don't know that we want their scrolls. You're giving them all this free advertisement. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Every week. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Thanks so much for listening. As always, if you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can send those to hello at pixelkin.org. We actually got a great comment on our post for last week's podcast. Yeah. Uh, from Jack? Was it Jack? Yeah, Jack's great. He's a friend of mine, actually. So. Oh, yeah. okay. That <laughs> explains it. Oh, no. He was talking about whether you get free stuff if you play as a girl in a role-playing yeah, game, Yeah, and right? he said that he has gotten free stuff. He has gotten free stuff. When he played as a, as a woman. Um, Interesting. Not fair. Yeah. <laughs> he said something else, too. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. <laughs> yeah, so you can comment on our articles on pixelkin.org, and uh, we read those. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Pixelkin on Twitter, at Pixelkin underscore org, and at Gaming with Moms. 
And I think I covered all the bases there. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. So thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with you next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast was recorded in the studios of the Jack Straw Cultural Center in Seattle, Washington. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.